What if you could fly? What if everyone else in the world had the ability to fly for just one day? Things to think about. And that's what this new comic, Bizarre New World, is about. Similar in tone to Back to the Future, Bizarre New World is a fun comedy fantasy grounded in the real world. No superheroes, no capes, no aliens, no genies, no uh, monkey's paws. It's a comic book uh, about what if everyone could fly. It's, it's a great concept, and they have a Kickstarter campaign going on right now. It began on April 29th, and it ends on May 28th. Uh, and you should give to them. Go check out BizarreNewWorld.com to get a taste of what Bizarre New World is like. Uh, it's a f- cool story just about a regular guy, Paul Crutcher, who is the world's first flying man. Unfortunately, his status as the only flyer is short-lived when soon the entire human race joins him in the sky and the whole world changes. The uh, completely finished 278-page graphic novel will have you hooked from beginning to end. Uh, it's got some cool art. It's really a great idea for a story, and you know, it's one of these things that people talk about, and these guys are, are seeing it through. It should be funny and sad and interesting. Uh, once again, they have a Kickstarter campaign going on right now throughout May up until May 28th, So search for Bizarre New World at kickstarter.com and help them make it. If they get successfully funded, you'll be able to get it digitally or in paperback. You can visit bizarrenewworld.com, B-I-Z-A-R-R-E, newworld.com for more information. You know how hard, and I know how hard it is to get an independent comic book going right now. So support this cool concept and go to bizarrenewworld.com. Or check them out on kickstarter.com and search for Bizarre New World and help these guys out. Now entering Nerdist.com. My name is Ben Blacker. I'm the host and creator of the Nerdist Writers Panel, which you are currently listening to. I'm also a TV writer myself, having written for Supernatural, Super Ninjas, and currently for uh, the DreamWorks Netflix program Puss in Boots. Check it out. It's now available. I'm also the co-creator of the Thrilling Adventure Hour, a stage program in the style of old-time radio that is now a podcast right here on the Nerdist Network every week. Go to thrillingadventurehour.com for more details. If you enjoy the Nerdist Writers Panel, please leave a review on iTunes and let us know who you want to see on this program by following me on Twitter, at Ben Blacker, just like it sounds, and by liking this show on Facebook, facebook.com slash Panel. Now, here's a theme song, or an ad. The Thrilling Adventure Hour is going down under Sydney, Auckland, Wellington, several shows, uh, all the work juice players, including Paul F. Tompkins, Mark Evan Jackson, Paget Brewster, Autumn Reeser, everyone, special guests Molly Quinn, Janet Varney, Jenny Wade. It's going to be great. Music, fun. Scripts that you've never seen before, Australia. Um, there's also going to be an improv show in Auckland. Uh, it's, it's going to be crazy. Go to thrillingadventurehour.com slash downunder for all the details. Um, and that means I'm going to Australia and New Zealand. And uh, I want to know from you, Nerdist Writers Panel listeners, if there are TV writers that I should try to talk to while I'm there. As I said, I'll be in Sydney Australia, Auckland, New Zealand, and Wellington, New Zealand. Uh, What's going on in television in Australia? What's going on in television in New Zealand? Anything? I don't know anything. Uh, So drop me a line at facebook.com slash nerdistwriterspanel, or better yet, tell me on Twitter, at Ben Blacker, and uh, tell me if there are people I should talk to in Australia and New Zealand. As ever, thank you for listening. It's the Nerdist Writers Panel, and it's hosted by Ben Blacker, where he gets a bunch of writers, and he asks them lots of questions, and it's starting now, so this will be the end of the theme. Jenny Snyder-Ehrman uh, has me in her office. She's not here. She, she's always here. I'm here. <laughs> yes. uh, thanks for talking. I really appreciate it. I have been loving Jane the Virgin. Oh, thank you so it's much. really fun. Thank uh, you. And, like, from the jump, this is I feel like this is a show that knew what it was. Yeah, I mean... I, we, we figured out what it was early on. You know, um, it, the development, you know, I kept going back and forth with, I, I kept turning in, you know, outlines and they kept saying, okay, go to script and I'd take it back and I'd be like, I'm not ready yet. I haven't figured it quite out yet. Interesting. What was, and just, yeah, no, yeah, I'm yeah. going to interrupt of you course, a whole of course. lot yeah, yeah, I yeah. really want to dig in on some of this stuff. Yeah. So like, what was missing in those early drafts or even those early ideas about the show? It was, 
it, I mean, it was the narrator in the frame for me. And I, I knew it, I knew I didn't want to make fun of telenovelas, but I knew it should have a certain amount of telenovela and its genes. And, uh, and I just couldn't, and I knew I wanted to have a lot of different things going on and, you know, like a circus act, but you needed the tent. And I, I didn't have the tent. So I was having just trouble tonally feeling what it was going to be. And, uh, would it go too earnest? Would it be too broad? And, uh, the last, I think, uh, outline I gave them, I, I mean, I really must have given them three or four, um, and they kept saying, go to script, and I kept saying, I almost am going to go to script. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> so it really was you knew something wasn't I'm the hardest on my own material. I mean, I, I'm very, very tough on it, and really, I, I can't, you know, when I come in to pitch a pilot, I don't pitch it till I have everything broken. Like, really? it's not a 10-minute pitch, it's a 45-minute pitch. Mm-hmm. So I knew the story, I knew all that, but it just wasn't quite gelling for me, and I knew I could write it. But I just I couldn't feel what the show was. So that was, um, hmm. the narrator kind of unlocked it for me, having this frame and a storyteller and connecting that to Jane, who's a writer, and all of that. Yeah, yeah, um, and, and so that came fairly late in the process. Fairly, I mean, late in the outlining process. Mm-hmm. And then once I wrote the script, I wrote it with that stuff in. Right. And, ex- uh, and then the next stage of figuring out what the show was was um, after we shot it and uh, Brad Silverling shot it and I adore him and yeah. we had really a uh, magical collaboration and we're always on the same page um, but once I got to the edit I just it was a little bit I it was a little straightforward and it was a little bit there was an earnestness to it mm-hmm. and I realized I have to show people how to watch this show and that's when I started um, so Brad gave me his cut and you know all the shots are in there and they're amazing and the performances are great and then um, I just said, like, I just need, you know, a day or whatever. And I started to freeze and type and do all of that kind of stuff. And I was very nervous to so show it to him. There that wasn't script. there. It was just, it was just huh. playing very straight. I just felt like I needed sure. a little more. Um, and so I called him back in to the edit. And I was like, because I just, you know, kind of tore apart the, the beautifully constructed <laughs> right. shots by freezing and typing and putting arrows and stuff. Um, and I showed it, I was like, let me just show you what I'm thinking about for the beginning. And he just loved it. And so then, like, we dove into that. Oh, wow. Um, so, what, how, I mean, this is a weird thing to try to pinpoint, but yeah. like, where, where did that inspiration come from? Because that's not, it's not the language of telenovela, which yeah. you can kind of say, like, the narrator fits into that. Yeah, yeah. But this kind of meta-text stuff does not, but it absolutely changes the language of the show. It just... And does tell people how to watch it. It it was just to show people, like, this is an outrageous situation, and, like, we know it, too. Um, And (laughs) so that was part, because you want to get the audience, you know, to hold your hand and go along this journey with you. Yeah, we're in on the joke. We we know, yeah, we we get that this is outrageous, and and I think that's the thing about our characters, too, they know it's outrageous. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when somebody gets accidentally, artificially inseminated, everyone's like, what the fuck, you know? Yeah. And that was important. You said I could curse, right? Okay. <laughs> so that that was important. That, yeah, okay, I don't know. Oh I'm just God, trained on the network. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that that was the mm-hmm. you know it was just important to I don't know take everyone on the journey together and I don't know where the typing. I just oh I know there was um, when we start you know it starts with a lot of um, it's it comes right in with Alba talking to her daughter in Spanish and there's just a and there's a ton of stuff that comes by really quickly she's teaching her this lesson that is then going to become a symbol for the show and I just felt like I needed to slow it down and I needed to yeah. like uh, just point out things about people I just needed to it just needed a sense of fun in the storytelling I think sure that's re- I mean that's really interesting because it. I can see without that stuff, it absolutely would be a very straightforward. Exactly. Though there's comedy in it, sort of melodrama. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. And it, it just needed and feel a little some judge. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's really funny. Um, and so this this product, and I do want to go back and hear about kind of yeah. how you pitched it and stuff, but this product that you finally delivered with this kind of odd yes. <laughs> viewing, uh, odd, odd presentation, how was this received by the network? I mean, they loved it. They, you know, I, they, it's this such a strange, but it, well, it's such a strange process, right? Cause you're, you finish your cut and you're exhausted and you've worked, you know, for <laughs> five days straight all day and all night. And then they all come down to your edit bay to watch it, mm-hmm. their development teams. Um, and 
I mean, they go into the room, and so you're all of a sudden outside of your edit bay, and they're watching it. And I literally, I sit against the door, and I listen. Like, I, I can't. Like, everybody else walks away. Brad's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I just have to hear. Are they responding? Oh are they? So, um, and then, like, quickly you hear towards the end, and so then you, like, run to the couch, and you're like, how'd it go? You cool. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, but they just loved it. They really did. They loved it right away, and... Um, it, it was it was great. It was uh, I mean I was nervous. I was like, this is different, and will they like it? And they and were it's really... also I mean especially considering this was the last development season, yeah. and it wasn't Arrow. It wasn't the no, Flash. Like, exactly. This is out, it's a little outside of what they're doing right now. Yes, yes, and it didn't have. You can really compare it to something else. Yeah, um, absolutely. So they, but it came to them. I think you know. It, Brad is amazing with music too, so it came with mm-hmm. its own musical vocabulary that he'd been playing as we went along, and um, we just tried to make it very confident in what it was and go for it. Yeah. So I, that's kind of the thing, right? I mean, you're presenting a fully formed show. Exactly. And you can say this is what it this is. This is it. We've given, we're not holding back. Exactly. Take it or leave it. Exactly. And this this is this is how we've made a big bold choice yeah. in terms of the style and all this stuff and um and so it felt I think it felt fresh to them. It felt different than what they'd seen and it just it it, it was just its own thing and we really just shored it up and went for it yeah. um, and I think they appreciated that Has that been your experience? I mean you've developed a number of shows over the years, some yeah. of which have gone some yeah. that haven't, has that been your experience in doing these things that like you have to present the final version basically? Kind of, I mean that's my that's, that's how I approach all of TV, mm-hmm. whether it's developing or not, like I always say to the writers it's like when we get to the studio and the network we're not going to have a lot of notes because, like, no one could be harder on the material than I am. <laughs> and, like, I note it, I note it, I note wow. it. I work it, I work it, I work it. And I don't give it to them until, like, I feel like this is the best I can do. Mm-hmm. And so that, um, you know, just to shore it up and so to sort of protect the initial vision, I want to execute it as well as I can so that there aren't, you know, a hole here that then they can say, oh, well, that doesn't work. And you might not even, it, it, it might undo other things. And mm-hmm. so that's sort of my... That's what I've come to in my career is that I just, I protect it and I work it, work it, work sure. it. You know, I give every script to the writers and every, every cut to the writers before the studio and network even see it. And I get all of their notes because I want to know, hmm. what do you see? What's not working? I, you know, I want to constantly challenge yeah. it and then give it to them when I feel like this is the best I can do. That's so um, tough. I it's so say, tough. I mean, it's so tough. <laughs> this is, again, it's a weird question, but it's something certainly I struggle with, and I know a lot of writers do, but how do you be that tough on your own material? Well, I just, um, especially in this show, I trust my gut, like, a ton. Um, so I just know if something feels right. And then I just, I can tell if stories aren't working, and I just, I know, you know, what you need, and if I can pull out a scene, then it's not... Uh, important enough to the story you know mm-hmm. I go through it like that I take a pass through the script from like every character's point of view mm-hmm. to make sure that everyone's sure. got other things going on than just what they're talking about um, and That's, then, that is we should pause on that for a second because that is great advice that I think doesn't come up enough yeah <laughs> yes. is, uh, the way my writing partner and I always frame it is any of these tertiary characters should be able to support a spin-off. Yeah, and be the hero in their story. Exactly. And they might only in the terms of your plot be supporting, you know, the plot that you're telling and mm-hmm. they're not the hero and you just want to know that, like, they have their own agenda, they mm-hmm. have their own things that are not just going to link up and it shouldn't just link up with what you as the writer want the plot, how the plot to turn. It has to Absolutely. be true to the character. Yeah, and that's, it's funny, I mean, looking at Jane, that's certainly the case, but, I mean, Emily Owens, that was the case, and you know, a number of the things you've worked on, I try. even not as a creator. I try to, that. yeah, I try to, and, and, you know, you get more confident as you go mm-hmm. through this business and as you work more and more. Um, so that, and, and then I, I, I like to hear what doesn't work from people, not necessarily, um, I, I might not change it, I might be okay with what they're saying, or I might say, okay, then I can fix it, so, you know, I like to look around the writer's room and say, what's bugging you, what's, mm-hmm. what aren't you liking, um, just so we can sort of flesh it out and shore it up, and then, you know, right. I give it, I give the script first to the number two, and then number two will give me notes, and then I give it to the writers, and they do punch up at home, and 
trims and clarify mm. this, and then they give that back to me. That's remarkably democratic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is and it isn't, you know, because I'm going to choose. Right, you but I want to hear. Say, yeah. I just want to hear. And then, then um, and, and the writers obviously are feel, must feel free. Well, I think you you feel um, connected to every episode, not just your episode. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and this is a show. You know, I always tell people there's going to be an amount of rewriting because it's a first year show and it's a voice and mm-hmm. all that. But I don't want you to lose track of the fact that we're all. You know, every story is coming out of the room, and every and you're always pitching, and you're and so um, and and really the cuts too. I think it's helped people feel connected to the story, not only on the page but through the whole process. Because they'll see, oh, you know, she cut that, or she doesn't need that, or sure. I, uh, we couldn't in filming. I didn't have that performance, so we're going to circle this person and put an arrow so you can see him. <laughs> you know, just it's sort of open. Then it makes you sort of focus on all the other things that we we are doing in the sort of texting, meta-textual right. space. Well, it makes the target much clearer for... Yeah, for everyone, exactly, yeah. exactly. And and then, you know, I constantly want to develop that vocabulary and think of new... I get bored after about... I've seen something three times. I'm like, oh, I'm no. over it. I know. <laughs> this is the perfect show for you. <laughs> I know. So, you know, I'll say to them, and it's sometimes hard, I'll say, you know, I know I, I've been loving this for three uh, episodes, this setup and payoff... So you're 100% right to be pitching it to me again, but I'm bored of it. So, like, how can we surprise it? How, how can we open it up mm-hmm. a little bit? Um, and so that's part of our process, too. That's, that's funny, I mean, that idea of keeping it exciting. Yeah, yeah. You would think it would be so obvious. Yeah, it's just that, like, it's, it, you know, it's, it's so hard, 22 episodes. I mean, any amount of episodes are hard, but 22 episodes, it's like a train, and it's, like, just coming at you. So... And you're just like you know trying to stay above Especially water. Especially season. Oh yeah, and and uh, the show it takes me forever to edit. I mean that's the hmm. the, the hours in editing are, I mean sixty to eighty I would say per per show it takes me of just me sitting there. So we're always you know it's it's just so much work. So you have to so you I understand the impulse and it's my impulse too to say oh this has been working let's do it again right because. You, there's a train coming at you, and you have to think quickly. Absolutely, the formula makes makes sense a little bit smoother. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but I, it just you know it'll I'll, it'll sit in my gut. I just know myself so well that if something's bugging me now, I just I have to say it right away because I'm not going to get over it. <laughs> like it'll just keep bugging sure. me till later. Um, so you know we we just are constantly trying to you know just blow it up a little bit and see if there's something new we can do or a new sure. way we can use the text or the narrator or the flashback or whatever. Right, a different and, angle on a thing you've seen. Yeah, and if I hear a story and, it's, and it's being pitched to me and you know I know in the second or third beat where it's going then I'm just not interested, but I'm not interested in the left turn for left turn's sake. Right. It has to come from character, so it's a... It, you know, I, I said it's kind of like when you're in high school and your you know teacher says like write a poem, but you can't use the word the, and it has to say red, and you have to say la-. like there's all these weird rules, <laughs> but I like those rules because then it yeah. you have to be creative within a smaller absolutely confine instead of As the if big thing. making 22 episodes of a network yeah. television show is not yes a parameter. I know, I know. but I, I absolutely understand that. Yeah. Um, I was thinking though that like this show the way it just turns through churns through plot yes that has to be a bear yeah I mean yes how, how big is the writer uh, mm. or was this first season uh, <laughs> we got <laughs> I think eight eight okay. eight or nine at different points alright uh, um, and and you get a shot here, yes. Yeah, we shoot in Manhattan Beach. And did you send writers to set as well? Yes, That's yes. Right. We go there once uh, every seven days. We shoot seven days. Mm-hmm. We shoot 50 to 80 strips, which is inhuman amount in seven days. We have this, oh yeah, because most shows would be maybe 35. Yeah. So we do a ton of scenes because I like to go from point to point to point. Mm-hmm. And because, like you said, we churn through plot. But we have this like incredible crew that you're they're like we're turning around you're like I'll run to the restroom and then they're like <laughs> and we're up I mean you, you can't even wow. go um, but we all go there for uh, every you know seven days we all go um, and we have the table re- we do the writer's room there that day um, right. and we'll have the table read and then I'll tone and, and whatever so we're all up in Manhattan Beach uh, with everyone 
you know, once a week. That's really cool. Yeah, and then uh, and then the writers on set for their episode. Great. Um, and I can't imagine there are many changes that happen on set. No. Yeah. And it just must be the occasional <laughs> practical thing. Yeah, I mean, the occasional practical thing and, you know, a, a few those and a few ands and can right. I add a but? And, you know, once in a while I'll get a text, but I feel like we work so hard to craft the script that I don't want a ton of. Sure. Uh, and, and the actors really trust us at this point. And, of course. Um, so, and they know that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was interesting watching the show, uh, and not just watching the show to enjoy the show, yeah. and like knowing we were going to talk and thinking, like noticing how short those scenes are. Yeah. And like how, how much weight they have to bear. Yeah. Uh, just for plot that like, how do you, how did you and the writers kind of find ways to get character while giving so much exposition which yeah. isn't just exposition. I mean, it's it's genuine things that are happening to the yes. characters. I mean, two ways. I think, you know, we make sure that there's an important uh, character moment that we slow down for. You know, like, it was very important for me in that second episode back that we would open up Petra and that you would mm-hmm. suddenly know she loved Raphael, she was hurt too, she's going to, you know, that kind of thing so that... Mm-hmm. You, at certain moments, giving each character enough weight to slow down and, and understand what's important to them. Mm-hmm. So I think if you understand what's important to them, then as they move through this, you know, wild maze of stories, you understand where they're... Mm-hmm. And we just have... Um, I, I think our actors are just great, yeah. um, you know, from every one of them. So they just do a lot with, you know, a little, and they sure. put and they make even plot stuff feel emotional and grounded, and they play everything very, very grounded... Um, so all these crazy things are happening around them, but they really just ground everyone. Um, and, you know, we have this Latin lover narrator who takes us through exposition very quickly. Sure. Um, then, but that always feels like, as much as he is commenting on what's happening, it is a lot of catch-up. Because yes. Because such a soap Catch-up, and he's got a point of view, but he's going to yeah. move you through it, and yeah. he's going to say, oh, remember this, so that we don't have to say, right. remember when? You know. Sure. <laughs> well, again, those scenes are bearing so much. Yes, yes. That to have to shoehorn. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, know, and you can spend in. exactly, and you can spend all of your writing, you know, just finding elegant ways to yeah. go through a pipe. Um, and so we shorthand which, that a lot. Which too is hard. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. And I feel like that's what you do in. That's what I try to do in ninety percent of my writing is like, how can you hide pipe and exposition? Absolutely. Um, and what's the most elegant, efficient way through it? And that's a big thing in our. It's just like efficiency of storytelling where one thing does a few things at once mm-hmm. is important. Yeah. And that but that is a thing where and I know I've run into this on pilots in the past. Yeah. Like you get some pushback from that from who whomever is developing it. Yeah. Because they don't know how to read. And maybe it's just that it's not done so elegantly, but they don't know how to read a scene that's accomplishing or trying to accomplish two. Yeah, things. yeah. It can get tricky. I mean, you know, we have this narrator so he just helps us through it all. <laughs> sure. I you know I I, even, I write our recap, recaps, too. Like, I, 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 you know, I, I, I'm, like, so particular about everything, right? So it's even that. It's, like, I will get that all out in the beginning in a sure. hopefully fun and quirky way and take some of the pressure off the scripts and mm-hmm. it does take, like, a minute out of our running time, which is tough. But Absolutely. Um, Again, you're cramming so much story. So much story. And, so much story. Kind of, yeah. uh, but that kind of stuff, I mean, you've had to deal with that on other series, yeah. too. Yeah. Um, anyway, I want to go back. I want yeah. to talk about uh, how you wound up developing this show. What were you, you were coming off of Emily Owens, yeah. Yeah, I was coming off of Emily Owens, and um, it was really, you know, it was my first show that I'd had, and it was really... I thought lovely experience, except for the overwhelming <laughs> exhaustion. But um, so, and then it got canceled. But it was like it, I felt it was canceled in a very good-hearted way too. People really liked it. Yeah. Networks, he was like he really it. liked it. You know, um, network executives, in my experience, they don't look back. You know, they're just mm-hmm. sort of like that's done. I look forward, and I would see Mark like three months later, and he'd be like, Oh, Jenny. I think I made a mistake. I really, I loved that show. And, like, I don't think he did, because the ratings weren't good enough. But it, like, warmed my heart. But who who says that? And he did. That was sweet. And, but the, the, so I knew I I had to do something different. My dad, my dad said to me, um, he said, you know, I I like Emily Owens, but, like, couldn't you try to do something a little more original? Um, Interesting. Yeah. 
he goes, like, 24, you know? Just 24. <laughs> and um, so th- I had so many thoughts at once. You know, one is a deep wound. <laughs> but, um, no, I understand. Uh, one- another one was, hey, Dad, it's really hard to get shows on the air. <laughs> Medical dramas, like, they work for a reason because they have natural act breaks and there's stakes and, you know. Oh and and then... Uh, and then, then, then comes anger, like, how dare you? And then the last was, oh, he's kind of right. So it, 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 it just sort of sat with me. And I understood what he was saying about 24. Number one, mm-hmm. I was like, Dad, I can't write 24. That's not the writer I am. Um, but I understood what he was saying. What he was saying was that it was different and that when it came on, it was just such a, you know, whoa, it's taking place in real time and this is an hour and look at these screens. And um, so... You know, as I like went home to my husband and said, ah, "I can't believe my dad said that." Um, I was also like, "Oh, and he's kind of right." Um, and so I just wanted to do something different and a little bit more original. Um, and they came to me with this log line. Uh, ben Silverman brought it to the CW, and the CW suggested that he bring it to me. And it really just. They just, you know, a girl gets accidentally inseminated, and they said, you know, the original, it's a high school girl, and we don't want a high school show, and um, it just felt, like, just too crazy. (laughs) Um, And then I just, that weekend, but I said I'd think about it, and that weekend I took a walk around the neighborhood, and I just started to think about the character, who is this 20-something girl, and why, and started to think about her mother, and then her grandmother, and, and, and then... like, and then I just started to think, like, what would happen if, if you were accidentally artificially inseminated? It's so crazy. But, but, like, you had your whole plan, and then this thing happens. Um, so then it just it started to, like, come to life as this, you know, I knew I wanted it to be, like, a s- strange, like, lowercase fairy tale, mm-hmm. lowercase f, um, mm-hmm. which Brad Silberling said to me. So he's like, lowercase f. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's exactly right. Um, it is. About, uh, you know, fate and destiny and how these crazy mm-hmm. one moment can change your life. And um, I started to think about the mother-daughter aspect of it, which I love and mm-hmm. um, always love to write about. And uh, I don't know, by the end of the weekend, I was like, I think I can do this. I think I want to. I think it's different. And I think I want to... Like, it felt so different from Emily Owens, and that's what I knew, because mm-hmm. you spend so much time, you know, had been nine months, and I just loved, like, I always have to love my characters, um, whether they do good things or bad things, like, love writing for them. Mm-hmm. And I really loved writing for all those characters. I was so attached to the actors, sure. and, um, and it was like a family, and it, I really had a hard time getting those voices out of my head. And so I knew I had to do something with different voices. You know, I would say to my assistant at the time, who's also a friend of mine, I'd say, like, so I'm thinking that Jane is, you know, she's a little bit shy, and she's, and she'd be like, yeah, that's Emily. <laughs> you know, I just couldn't yeah. get, and had to kind of shake it out of me a little. Well, this is something I was kind of curious about, because I feel like the premise suggests that Jane is a certain type of person. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If it's about a plan interrupted. Yes, yes. Then yes. she is a person who plans. Yes, yes, But yes. how do you make her someone we haven't seen before, right? Yeah. I mean, and not just... How is she not a character that, you know, you created before, but how is she not Rory Gilmore? Right, 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 totally. I mean, it's hard. I think just thinking so specifically about her circumstances, so who her mother is and who her grandmother is and, like, how those two Mm -hmm. different influences have shaped her in very specific and particular ways and uh, the responsibility. I felt like she had a... You know, she took on the response. She was like their dream, yeah. like the two, the place that those two people who had very different hopes and dreams, the place where their dreams intersected was Jane. Oh, cool. So I felt like she was going to bear that weight. Um, I knew that I wanted her to be sort of strong and kind of confident um, and planned in a different way. I knew I wanted to feel her financial pressures, that she mm-hmm. was going to be somebody who isn't afraid of hard work and has a few jobs and does a few things at once. You know, you just start to kind of mine the specifics of the character. And then when you meet the right actor, like Gina, it all just sort of comes together. And then you take, you know, it's parts of her, parts of me, parts of the, you know, and it just sort of forms. But so I feel like I knew who Jane was on the page, but I didn't know who Jane was as a character until I met Gina. Hmm. Interesting. Did you rewrite after casting? No. The, I mean, that's funny, because the <laughs> character's there. Yeah, the character's I mean, there. Pilot, yes, yes. That character is there, yeah. as all of them are, yes. which is really interesting. Yes, yes. I mean, can you tell us a little about sort of developing the world as well? 
Like when it seems yeah. like that core relationship and the mothers and daughters and yeah, like I mean, I loved. I did, so strong. I, I came in at the end of Gilmore Girls. I never got to work with uh, Amy Sherman Palladino, <laughs> but I really admire her, and um, I f- loved that mother daughter. Like I that I love that yeah. that stuff. Um, the final twist of having her dad be a telenovela star so great. Um, was sort of something that I think that was like one of those last passes of that outline oh, really? too I was like he, or maybe I even I, that might have even been in the script where I was like I needed something else to tie it all together um, and also I think that also when we talk about character Jane's love of telenovelas was something like mm. that I would have this character with a deep you know maybe flawed uh, idea of romantic love mm-hmm. and what it was, and so that informed a lot of who she was and what she thought. And um, I forgot what the original question was. <laughs> uh, I'm actually kind of curious about the like when did the hotel world start? To the hotel world, hard? right? Um, early, early on, I decided okay. hotel. I, I always thought you know hotel shows. For some reason, there we don't see them, but yeah, it seems like such a place. And I thought maybe if I can, if you don't start from the hotel and build out. But if you start uh, from characters mm-hmm. and then they all kind of gravitate, you'll unexpectedly find yourself in the hotel show, but you don't know that right. you were there, <laughs> you know? Um, and so that, and then I was thinking about Miami because mm-hmm. I wanted to put it there. And, you know, it's such a, that hotel culture is mm-hmm. so crazy and uh, present. And uh, so I think it just all sort of started to come out from there. I would look at all these like Miami paparazzi websites and see these wild parties that were so crazy of like a girl in a canoe and in ours it became a girl, um, you know, the mermaid. Like just the, the excess and the juxtaposition of excess and working class. And, and it must have been a balancing act for you early on about like how far to push this into soap. Yes, yes. You know? I mean... Because there are murders. Yeah. <laughs> but... Yeah, there's, they're lighthearted there's, murders. It, like, I always forget that. You know? know, like, that's not what the show's about. I know. I, I mean, I think we were at the... Um, again, you know, I plotted things very slowly on Emily Owens. And so when they were like, you're doing Jane, it's not going to be slow. I was like, it's not going to be slow. <laughs> I got... Trust me, it's not going to be slow. Um, the, the The murder, I mean... I remember, we, you know, you do all these um, screenings in May for potential international mm-hmm. sellers, and you go around to all the tables, and you talk about the show, and, um, you know, it, it's a whole sales thing. I would go there, and I remember sitting at one point, and I was like, and then the second episode's going to end in a murder, and, like, all the executives were like, it is? I was like, it is. <laughs> um, because uh, the reason why is it just, I, I just spent a lot of time thinking about what makes people like, a lot of people want to come back. Like, you need some sort of dramatic energy. I didn't want it to be just so who loves who and whatever. I just wanted other... Like, I wanted a whole bunch of stuff in here, sure. and I felt like telenovelas can support it. Yes, that absolutely justifies anything. Right, exactly. Because they do. They have murders. They have lost identities. Yeah. They have... You know, so I just thought, if we're going to exploit the genre, let's do it. Let's put it all in, and, you know, it, there'll be a little something for everyone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and how far did you plot in advance? Well, with the writers, we so we plot we plotted the whole thing. Okay, so and we, you, we like, spent about two did weeks. A boot camp. Yeah. yeah, we spent about two weeks, and you know, writing every character. I mean, it's probably written like the size of handwriting, and <laughs> but on a whiteboard. I mean, so oh much plot. Um, and sometimes it'll be like you know, three episode arc where mm-hmm. you know it'll be like she goes to teach in the Catholic school, and it might not be, you know, everything that it's not going to be everything that happens. That'll be when right. we break the episode. But we really went through everything, and we stuck to all of our signposts. Along the way, and we did it. We sort of got to, you know, we had big things. If we get to twenty-two, you know, the baby's going to be born, all, the, all yeah. that, and the twist at the end of that. Um, but we just did it so detailed up to thirteen, um, right? And we really stayed with it. Interesting. I mean, yeah. th- does that also allow for discovery as you go? Yeah, because you, you're. You just, it, I think again. I think if you know where you're going, mm-hmm. then all the breaking. It's like then it's all the fun. It's like sure. the, you know. I feel like. It's layering, layering, layering. And that's how I think about the rewrite, too. It's like if you come in and you have a strong plot and you have all this, then you get all the... Then you just layer, and you're putting in character stuff and fun things. And so having just the signposts, I think then, you know, you you know she's going to go to Catholic school. Or, or, you know, I might say, well, we need her job to take off here, and we'll stop for a second and think about a three-episode arc, you know, within our bigger ones. Um, You know, we'll, we'll always look at the episode and say, okay, we have... This is 
very comic, so I need something a little bit more grounded and small and another story, and I need a real hmm. sort of a more arch soap twist because sure. we're missing it. So it's all a balancing act within the episodes. But I just always want to know where a character's starting, that they're learning something, that they're growing, that we're not, that they're moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, you don't want to get stuck, especially with the plot and Sid Rostro and all that stuff, which is not my natural, you know. Yeah. Um, I wanted to make sure we knew what, who that was so we can put, you know, so you could point to the red herrings and Absolutely. you can put in the clues and you can have things pay off because you also want to reward an audience for watching. And sure. I think a lot of that comes from. You know, I, I always said I wanted the audience to be aware they were in the hands of a storyteller and confident in the storytelling mm-hmm. and the storyteller. So you want to have something in episode three that is going to pay off later. And you want I, I wanted nothing random in this mm-hmm. world, which is a sort of a hard order. Um, Absolutely. And it's, it's a sort of a new thing for TV writing. I mean, like, we had it on soaps and yeah. we had it elsewhere, but the idea is sort of this breaking bad thing, yeah, right? Yeah. People are going to watch this all at once, yeah. or they are going to be so heavily invested in creating wikis and things. Totally, and, to- and, and so interactive, and yeah. they're going to be calling you out on everything you do wrong. And, Absolutely. Um, so, and then you want to reward the people that are watching every week and that might realize, oh, you know, in episode seven, Petrus said that Raphael right. had a penchant for self-sabotage, so when we get to a moment when he does that, it doesn't feel random. It yeah. feels like, you might not remember it, but it's there. Right. And that... Uh, and we remember it. Um, so hopefully it just always wanted just a real confidence in the story and the storytelling. That's great. Uh, and, and again, it seems like such an obvious thing, but well, it hard. goes a long way. And it is. It's very hard. It's hard. And it's, um, yeah, the hours are crazy. And uh, yeah. <laughs> what, what kind of hours are you guys keeping at um, the height of it? Oh, well, you know, the writer's room is 10 to 6. And okay. then um, I would say once we got to episode 17, there would be one later night a week till mm-hmm. 9 or 10 they would stay. My hours are... Bananas. All the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Weekends? Yeah. Weekends, yeah. Weekends. You haven't seen your kids in the Yeah, I mean, I, I, I live four blocks away, so oh, that's, that's why I live, that's why we work here. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll go home from 6.30 to 8 and put them down, but then oh I'll come God. back at 8. That's nuts. It's nuts. You can't keep that up. I know, but I, I, I will. Well, let me ask you, and then I want to kind of go yeah. back and talk about some of the other stuff you've worked on, but what were some of the challenges specific to Jane once you guys were up and running? Uh, Story-wise. Story-wise, I think um, how to dramatize being a writer was a big one because Jane really wants to be a writer and like Mm -hmm. I'd always be like, ugh, writers are so boring. Like, but you made that choice. Yeah, I, I made that choice. I know. But it had to do with the tent and the... Yeah. I know. And um, I made that choice, and I knew I wanted her to have what she was doing that she thought was practical, and I wanted her to have some sort of outlandish dream that you know felt outlandish to her and how she was raised and the responsibility she was raised with. So... It, she became a writer, and then it was how, how... like how, And now those writing scenes when she's sitting at her... Uh, computer and the words and we play with the mm-hmm. words on screen and you know some, and now it's some of my favorite stuff but how to make that active was a big thing and yeah. then so how did you how did you find it how it did seems we like find it must it? have come late in the process it was um, no it was probably it was probably in episode four when she was writing this um, like the letter that's like an erotic letter I was and, just thinking <laughs> that <laughs> and uh, and uh, I think it was Corinne uh, who's one of our writers had all of these word jokes of you know different things oh. and so that kind of unlocked it for mm-hmm. me, how she would do that. And then, you know, we had to find, like, we put her in a writer's group, and we'll have to find places, and they just can't be places that only, you know, in our show, you have to serve a few masters all, you know, at the same time, so it had to be something that would come with its own soap element, sure. its own fantasy element, and its own, you know, so finding the right, I think, environments and then letting them be peopled by people that will, by people, by people. Um, <laughs> Uh, inhabited by people who will influence Jane mm-hmm. and her story, um, and also just you know how to keep her. She she has to react to a lot of things, so how to also make her active and strong and go after things. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I came down to the fact that she just needs two A stories in every episode. Oh wow, sure. <clears throat> where she has um, you know an emotional journey that she has to take. And then she needs something that she needs to accomplish that can be lighter, more funny. The nuns are mad at her, and she has to win them back. Just an, a- an actual thing that she wants that she can get. So when did that click? Um, 
Because it feels like... Early on. Yeah, I'm not quite caught up, but it feels like that's early there on. from yeah. like four or five. Yeah, early on. Because, um, yeah, because once, you, once we stopped dealing with the fallout of like, holy shit, I'm accidentally mm-hmm. uh, pregnant, um, we had to find other things for her to do. Sure. And for her to want. Um, and I think it just so early on and, and the network's always you know said like what does she want what does she want early on and, mm-hmm. um, and they always said they loved that she was a writer so it was a challenge early on and we kind of went after it early on interesting um, so looking back at other stuff you've worked on because you've worked on a number of shows um, <clears throat> can you pinpoint either rooms you've been on or showrunners you've worked for that have sort of helped you as you become a showrunner yeah, I mean, I think you just take every time. I mean, mm-hmm. you know... Things you want, like and Like and dislike. Yeah. I mean, you know, so, so many people now, you know, that you write a pilot and you just want to get your show on the air, and I always tell writers, like, it's really useful to go through all those eight steps until you're a mm-hmm. co-EP. I am glad I did not mm-hmm. jump through any of them because there's so much to learn along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and my first boss... It was her first show. Interesting. What was the song? Uh, Hope and Faith. And okay. it was a sitcom. Oh, it, was, it was just it was amazing. I went from being a waitress to being a writer, and oh it was so God. great. Um, and she didn't know any of those rules, which was great for me, because she liked the thoughts that I was having, so she <laughs> empowered me. But I was a staff writer. Right. Um, but she was a real mentor to me. And then, um, and then I went to Gilmore Girls with another, with uh, David Rosenthal, who... I worked with on Hope and Faith, and now we've done six shows together. Yeah. Um, I've worked for him. He's worked for me. Um, I've learned, you know, I, you, you understand those moments. I try not to leave the room just waiting on me, mm-hmm. and that's the hardest thing as a showrunner. Is every department needs your okay. Yeah. So how to keep, and, or else they're stopped. So, um, you know, like how to efficiently manage that, and also, you know, all the things that you don't like when you feel like your wheels are spinning or whatever, you know. Um you know, I try to be conscious of that. I've learned a lot on, also, when I've done it poorly, I learn a lot from that. Just when I've let my stress sort of get in the way, and it's a very, very stressful job. And I had one um, year that it was just, I was just feeling it. And um, I, I felt like, you know, that I had to have a lot of self-reflection after that. Mm-hmm. And just always, always, always remind myself that everybody is there doing their best. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, how can you, ma- you know, I had to figure out how to manage my stress without making everybody else feel stressed, um, you know, because you take it home. Um, Absolutely. But everyone else is trying as, <laughs> right. as much as they can to help you. So um, th- that was a real, you know, I, I really did a lot of, you know, and that's, a, you know, come into the room and smile <laughs> is a big thing. <laughs> and just like be, you know, um, and, you know, and I am very direct and I try to tell people, you know, you will know when I love something because I will say I love it and I will mm-hmm. say it so many times and I will constantly go back to it and it'll keep delighting me. And mm-hmm. uh, and when I don't like something, you're going to hear it too. It's mm-hmm. not personal. I just want to move on. Like, just, yeah. we, you have I to mean, keep moving. How do you deliver that? I mean... I just say, no, I'm not feeling it. Yeah. And, or I don't like this. I mean, it just depends. It depends how much sleep you've got, <laughs> you know? And so that's, you have to be conscious. But like, the, um, <clears throat> you know, if I hear something, I'll I'll... Say you know if, if so sometimes I I'll say you know try this and they'll try that and I'll say look I know I told you to do that it's not mm-hmm. working for me let's move on. let's move on right. um, sometimes I'll say uh, I just don't like that area I, the biggest thing I I try to do which I learned in a room having other bosses is offer other pitches mm-hmm. so I I'll, I won't be like I don't like it I'll be like I don't here's why it's not working for me. And then, you know, if, if a room, if, if we've had a story come back maybe to me two times outside, three times, that's just not there, then I come into the room and mm-hmm. I'll say, let's just solve it together. Right. Because I don't want them to keep spinning. Yeah. To, yeah. Um, and, and in the room, you know, saying no to ideas, it, it's a different thing. Yeah, I mean, it's a it, different you thing. You are really and you actively wanna, collaborating. Yeah, and I mean, but after, once we started post on this show, I couldn't be in the room anymore because I'd be all day editing, so what I'd have to do is, at the end of the day, uh, the writer of the episode would write, would write me up the beats, and then i take them home at night, um, and then i take that document and i write all of my notes into it. So I like this beat, I don't like this, and I'll pitch in it, and mm-hmm. they'll come in in the morning and they'll get a new document that has... 
I like this, go further here. Uh, I'm not responding to this. Here's my questions about this. So it's like you're always talking to me. It's yeah. just I'm not actually physically That's actually, there. It's, it feels to me like a really efficient way to efficient. work. I'm, I'm all about yeah. efficiency. <laughs> uh, but it also, like, as the writer on that show, on, uh, under that showrunner, is like, I'm getting a direct response. A direct to response. Every single beat. Direct response to every beat. Knowing how to fix it or to enhance it. Or, or I'll say, I don't know what the fix is, but sure. here's where you have to open it up. Right. Um, you know, and if there's, you know, if I can't get to the notes that night because I can't do it, then I'll say the next morning I'll tell, you know, work on this other story. Don't mm-hmm. keep working on this one until I weigh in on That's it. great. Um, I mean, it's a lot of work for you. It's a lot, because then I'll have to come home at, you know, 9 really or like 10 that. at night and really think through all the stories, and you can't you can't just do it halfway. You have to really think through it, because once you say it, that's yeah. the story you're going to be telling. When when did this technique sort of take hold for you? In During Emily Owens, because what? I just, you just, your time gets eaten up, because I do so much writing, too, so um, I just needed a way to stay connected to the room, and mm-hmm. now it's just, you know, what we do, and and they'll say to me, are you going to have time to read this tonight? And if I don't, then they don't have to write up the beats. And, you know. <laughs> right. Um, but to even know that in advance, like having worked on shows yeah, where yeah. you're just kind of throwing things into the void. Yeah. I've done, I've been so on shows helpful. like that and it's, yeah. it's, uh, you just, you, you're throwing things and you don't know what anyone's looking for. Mm-hmm. I think they always know what I'm looking for. Um, and, and I, I do think an important part of that is I pitch a lot in those documents. How about this? Really Would you helpful. like this? Yeah. Um, I'll get excited about a scene and I'll write a paragraph on it and then I'll oh. come back, you know, or I'll say, I don't have the fix here. Uh, it's not fun enough. That's all I can say at this moment. Right. The story's not feeling fun. How can we get a sense of, you know, I'll just give something. But that's at least some direction. Yes, yes, yes. Which is enormously yeah. helpful. Yes, yes, yeah. And it's because it's, I get the documents, I write back underneath every beat in all caps. <laughs> So they like you know I, t- right, I tell people yelling at them. They, I tell them it's not yelling. I'm right. so you can see, but it took, right. I think it takes people a while to get this back. So you know, because sometimes they'll say I'm not feeling this at all, and sometimes it'll be say I love this. Right. It's always in caps. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Um, looking back on the shows you worked on, uh, not necessarily a showrunner. Yeah. Were there what were the most functional rooms? What kind of made them up? I think a clear sense of what the showrunner wants mm-hmm. is always... And, and who had that? Um, I, I, I felt in the first season that Joanna knew what she wanted for Hope and Faith, but there was a lot of wrangling with network and studios. Sure. Um, and that's, like I, you said, that was her first show, yeah. so she was figuring it out. Um, you know, Gilmore Girls <clears throat> was, I mean, because it wasn't, I'm sure, you know, for Amy it's not the season that she loves but it was an easier show to jump into because I had 88 episodes to watch first so and I would just watch them with my eyes closed so I can listen <laughs> to the language um, and David ran a very very functional room um, uh, I'm trying to think um, Jenny Bix knew exactly what she wanted on Men and Trees mm-hmm. and that was useful and helpful and I thought that was uh, Really, it was a lovely room, and mm-hmm. everyone. I feel like I've heard from other people in that room. It was. It was. Uh, it was a really lovely. Like the people were all great and funny and fun, mm-hmm. and uh, and we kind of knew the mark we were going to hit. So that just made yeah. it. That makes everything easier. And what can someone do as a, as a writer on staff to to help foster that? You know, well, it's just sort of p- putting your ego a little bit to the left, oh, having ownership and pride, mm-hmm. but with, like, what do the, what does the showrunner want? You know, I went on between, um, I always look at these posters because it does look like the same kind of character in a different iteration. <laughs> a girl You're kind of standing something. the same. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, it, it, I went to Rain in between mm-hmm. these shows, which is a totally different kind of show for me, and yeah. she was like, watch Game of Thrones, and I was like, what? And I did, and oh my god, I love it so much. But I, it, I just wouldn't have thought I would have loved it. Um, and the first week, I remember being uh, pitching, and you know, I'd worked for the CW and CBS forever, so I, I knew what kind of things they mm. like and whatever, and I would pitch that, and, and I, and Lori, the showrunner, I could feel that she wasn't, she was like, I don't want to do that, and I was like, you're going to get that note, and I could feel that she was like, that's not the show I'm doing, right. and it, I had about three days where I was like, I, I, could, I was trying to get my sea legs, 
And then I really had to go home. I said to my husband, again, don't talk to me. I'm always kind of talking. <laughs> um, I had to, like, lie down and really think about all the things that she was responding to and all the things that she wasn't and really try to get inside her head. And I felt like I just get myself out of my head and get into her mm. head because this is her show and if it was my show I would not want somebody pestering me with the de- you know I would sure. want them pitching towards what I wanted and I came back the next day and then it, we had a love affair of you know I think she loved writing working with me and I loved working with her and um, learned a lot from her because she took big story swings and mm-hmm. um, thought bigger than I thought mm-hmm. And but it was really I had to take a, a second and really say to myself, I had to, like, think and get inside her head. Hmm. Um, and I feel like that's, um, I love doing that. I love being on someone else's show. It's, mm-hmm. number one, it's a huge relief. <laughs> um, sure. But it, I like figuring out what they want and trying mm-hmm. to give them that. Um, and, you know, trying, it's not that you're trying to give something that you don't like. It's trying to, like, give them what they want in a way that also you find exciting right. to challenge and, um, but that I really just felt like in a short time, and I was only consulting there. It was just three days a week, um, but it was a good reset for me because I was like, I have to figure out what the showrunner wants, and I have to give it to them, and I have to give it to them exciting, excitedly, repeatedly, and you know, you learn to read people, and you learn when they don't like something, just to move, you know, move off it and go to the next. Yeah. Um, and so that it was a it was positive in that because it was it was. It's good to go from like your own show to someone else's show. Absolutely, it's the that reset. Totally, exactly the right word. Totally, and I've been used to just talking and (laughs) for a year, and everybody listening to me had to sort of. um, And you know, I I I did reset it. Uh, I did it early on too because I'm somebody that I want to be liked. I want to be useful. I want to be valued. I want to I want to be the star on their staff. (laughs) Like I just I I crave that you know reinforcement and. I really had to do it there, and it was it was great. I, um, it was a good learning experience. Yeah, that sounds yeah, it sounds really useful, and it's, it's and I think it's a good lesson too. Whether you know it's your first time on staff, totally or not. It's you just kind of, you, you have to like look at your, in, but figure it out. Figure it out. It's a real political it's like learning a character. Totally, it's totally learning a character, and it's like look. I mean, it's such a you want to look at people's faces. You want to yeah. see what they're responding to. You want to notice the moments that they're not responding to other things. You, you know, you want to help the younger writers who maybe aren't looking as much. You know, I'd have a few phone call uh, talks also like, put your phone away when she's in the room. Right? <laughs> you guys, yes. Yeah. Put your phone away. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, you can, in a more casual environment, sometimes it's okay, but like, you know, you're, and you're not, and because you're looking down, you're not seeing all of the looks, and all those looks are important because you're seeing, Oh, she's delighted by this pitch. Oh, she's not responding. You know, it's right. all of that. And this is how she conveys that. Yeah. So I can know what Exactly, I'm exactly. So I can calibrate my own things and I can do better. You just want to do better and give that person and you just want to make, especially, I mean, I came into that job with so much compassion because I had just done it and sure. it's so hard. So it was really about, um, you know, how do I make your life easier? Yeah. How do I make your life easier? How do I make your life easier? Which and is if you make exactly <laughs> all they want, if you make their life easier, you will be the star on the staff. Yeah. You know, right. but it's about. It might not be. There's always you know, twenty ways a story can go, but like you have somebody that's picking, so like right. figure out what they're picking and pitch towards that. And yeah, yeah. that's smart. Um, let me ask you about storytelling on someone else's show. You yeah. mentioned you know you have to care and you have to be passionate about yeah. it. And you have yeah. to own it, but. Are there, on shows you've worked on, again, that are not your own shows, have you been able to tell your own story on those shows? Yes and no. I mean, there's, I've been on shows that I haven't liked, like, that, mm-hmm. that as a viewer, I would never watch. But I, once sure. I get on the show, I have to find the love. Like, yeah. I have to find the love. I have to find the love for the character, and I have to find the love for the language, and all. otherwise, mm-hmm. what are you doing? You're wasting time, and somebody Absolutely. loves it, and people are watching it, and they love it, so you have to just take it seriously. Right. And hopefully the showrunner. The showrunner, so, exactly. Even if the thing you find is serving the showrunner. Exactly, 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 totally. And so you you do find a way to, you know, you, you, you're always pitching things that you think are interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not just pitching, <laughs> like, boring things. So even if it's a turn in the story or if it's something, it's... It is coming from you, and you're always going to write it with 
you know, everybody writes from their perspective and their gaze. So there's always something I can hook into. Yeah. You know, even like Lipstick Jungle is not a show that um, I, I'm not a rich Manhattan, <laughs> you know, head of a studio or whatever. But like, we found a fertility story that like when I was going through my, you know, you find little sure. moments um, where you can attach and you have to, I feel like you have to attach. The worst thing to me in a writer's room is when people are making fun of the material or not, um, whatever you're doing, you have to do it with passion, I think. And like a real sense of just, you just have to bring in the love, I think, and you have to find it. And that's your job as a writer. You're not going to love every show you're on, but you have to find something to love and some character or some thing to attach to. Absolutely. And that's, that's great advice. Is there something you've worked on, whether your own show or someone else's that, even an episode where everything went right that you can say like this is the show I meant to make this is me on the screen I think Jane is the most for yeah. me I mean the um, Gilmore Girls was a real awakening for me as a writer because mm-hmm. the way they used language was so different mm-hmm. and you know the scripts are 77 pages instead of 54 and so that just as a writer you're like <laughs> as much about the writing as the um Characters and so that that taught me a lot, and I felt like I was oh like oh wow you could write like this and it can be on TV. It was just a different. It was very moving for me as a writer, and I think I got into a after that. There was a moment when I was talking to my husband. And I was like, I don't. I feel like I'm good at this job. I don't know if I'm an artist. Like I feel like I'm hmm. a I'm a good machine. A yeah, um, and with Jane, I found like myself inspired by the art again that's awesome which has been good and I said like because I really went through a period of time where I was like I, you know I can do this but it's not it's not I just it doesn't I don't feel tortured as an artist <laughs> and I also don't feel like like I'm reinventing anything I just feel sure. like I can do it well you're executing at a certain level yes and, yes and maybe this is not going to go higher yeah and, and that's fine that and maybe I'm just like maybe for sure. me you know being a writer is is like Somebody else is a doctor where you learn all of the, the things and you can do it well, you know. Um, and then I felt re-inspired by Jane, That's which has amazing. been nice, maybe. Because my dad told me, do something more original. <laughs> and he was right. How dare he? He was right. How dare he be right about <laughs> exactly. that? Um, all right, so this will post, uh, I think, the week of the finale. Oh, okay. Is there anything you want to tell us? I mean, the finale's, <laughs> the finale's big. Um, every character has a major turn that is going to propel us into the next season. Um, and they do, you know, I always put pressure that we are, that the soap has a turn, (laughs) the emotion has a turn, the telenovela has a turn, the relationships have turns and they, they all do. And there's one turn in particular, there's one that's very shocking. And then there's one that's, uh, I think is pretty hilarious and will set, like, is going to set the course for another, for a character next year in a very unexpected way. Cool. Uh, And is there, are you bringing basically the same group of writers back? Yeah, I'm switching out um, a few, but just, uh, you know, and yeah, and and, uh, people that were at CB, you know, deals and all that, those things, but um, for the most part. So have you guys talked about, and I know you're kind of wrapping up post-production now, but before the writers left, did you guys talk about We talked about, we talked about, uh, you have to, you sort of, you can't really, so I've talked about it a little bit, yeah. but not a lot, um, but when we're deciding on these end twists, you have to think a little bit how, mm-hmm. you know, what you're setting up, but I've really held uh, a lot of the discussions, most of the discussions. I, I don't really talk about season two too much. I have a file in my uh, computer that I write myself season two sure. notes, and like, as soon as I get the staff finalized, they'll, they'll get a you know twelve page email from me <laughs> with ideas All and thoughts. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and articles and weird things cool. and uh, so I have it stored up, but we're not uh, we can't really talk about it until we start the second season sure. in earnest. Absolutely. Um, and we'll end as we always do by asking you. And I can't imagine you have any time. <laughs> but have you watched any TV oh. lately? Uh, is there stuff that you love? Is there stuff that you can't I, yes. wait to talk about with your husband, with your room, yes. with your friends, whatever? Um, the Americans. Oh, my God, I can't. This, is, this has been the answer lately. I this just can't get over it. Great. I tweet about it like an insane fan. <laughs> I can't. I, 
my husband and I, we've been watching it since season one. We love it. I, like, geek out when I have met uh, the writers. I'm, like, such... Awesome. Just, like... <laughs> I mean, it's just such an amazing, compelling spy drama and domestic drama all at once. The details are amazing. The score is amazing. It is. <gasps> the score. I could talk about the score forever. <laughs> it's so good. Now I'm so conscious of scores because of this mm. show. Um, so that and, um, and Transparent, I just felt like had so... Like so many great things and compassionate storytelling, also, um, which I really respond to. Um, but that was different because you don't get home to watch it, you know, you right. watch it. In one. <laughs> the Americans, like, we watch it Did Wednesday you watch it night, uh-huh. you know, um, and like we get very angry with each other if that one has seen it and the other hasn't. And <laughs> right. I know tonight he's going out, um, Jamie, and like, I'm 100% gonna watch it. <laughs> but I just, so I funny. love it. Oh, I love it so what? much. I mean, I think this season, and I've really enjoyed it all yeah. the but this season, oh. something clicked, something happened. Well, it, it's because we, I, I think, we, I think that comes when you create really interesting characters now we know them better so we feel them more deeply I mean I do think the storytelling has been incredible this Mm -hmm. season but I feel like I've now gone through I've now seen them fall in love Mm -hmm. I've seen them be married and not in love and I've seen them fall in love I've seen them try and so now as the the fractures happen and the tensions happening Mm -hmm. I'm more invested and my the stakes are there because I've seen that happen Um, we've we've we know the daughter you know I mean Oh, my her, God. Uh, I mean, that is the way to do it. I, I just, whatever she's talking about, her church and her baptism, it's just incredible. And then and, and then you're sitting there like, oh, my God, are they going to tell her and how is she going to react again because we're so attached to the people. And I think that's just how well-drawn the characters are and how well-acted it is. Right. And, and now they're lived in. Yeah, like uh, yeah so it's like it, it's... And, and they've continued to, you know operate at this excellent level in terms of the storytelling but like now I, I, I have all the history of the sure. characters too so it all just means yeah. more that makes sense uh, you know I did want to ask you before yeah. we wrap up about uh, Sober Companion Sober Companion yes um, the, did you co-create this show yes, yes. with David with David okay. yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like I heard so much about the show why is it not on my TV <laughs> I don't know it was so <laughs> strange um, well we had done you know it we thought it would be. Um, <laughs> I think everyone did. Everyone, yeah, and then it wasn't. It, uh, you know, everything happens, I sure. guess, and as things, it should. Sometimes they get away, but... I wouldn't have been able to devote this kind of time to Jane, because yeah. it was the same season. Uh, I don't know, I mean, they put the poster at the upfronts. That was the craziest did they thing. really? I didn't realize Yeah, that. I mean, we were in New York, and I was going up for the upfronts for, so for the CW, and all of a sudden, like, agents and everything are um, sending us screen grabs, and, it, like, the poster's there... <laughs> <laughs> and, like, we would literally have, have discussions where it would be like, you know, uh, we should, like, not do so much with the titles because we're going to be spending so much money on, on that to market and whatever. And then, um, you know, it was so close. And everybody loved it. And, like, the executives we were working with at Fox, like, oh, my God, they fought so hard for it. Like, they couldn't let it, like, go. And they really... Interesting. I... Did, what kind, did you get any kind of explanation? Yeah, it just went up the ladder and higher up the ladder. They didn't right. respond as much. And I think it um, I think it tested better in L.A. Because um, we had a great test in L.A. And we were all like, well, here we go. Um, and, uh, and then I think when it went out to the other markets in the middle of the country, maybe it didn't test as well. Oh, interesting. Uh, you know, a drunk and all that. Sure. Um, but I mean, Nick Frost and uh, and Justin were so funny. That's and, what I hear. I haven't seen them. I read whatever draft yes. was kind of going around yes. during staffing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we had. St- I mean, it couldn't have felt more like a done deal. That's so weird. Yeah, and uh, and then and then suddenly, like the night before, we start like because we we're like, oh, they're announcing it tomorrow. How exciting! <laughs> How exciting! We'll be. Should we get champagne? Should we do you want to come to my house or yours for the big celebration? And then we'd start getting calls like, there's some little glitch, and then the glitches got bigger, and then people would be like, I'm not, I like it, and then it wasn't there when the poster was up. That's so bizarre. <laughs> what, but it was a good process for you in, the, in development? It was great. Um, yeah, it was great. I mean, we, we had a, uh, after the first outline, they, they told us what they wanted more and less of, and uh, we addressed it, and then they just loved the script, and it was 
I mean, it couldn't have been more smooth until it didn't get picked up. That's so crazy. <laughs> and, and you and David, like you said, you guys have worked together. Exactly. So now he's here. Yeah. yeah. So uh, what makes it work? What, what, what clicks about you two? You know, um, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think he's hilarious and funny and a great writer, and I think he hopefully thinks the same with me. <laughs> um, we both... Uh, He's easy to work for, and he's also has done this for me in terms of me hiring him. He's done this so long, so he's just confident. Mm-hmm. So any, if I make a change to his script, it doesn't affect what sure. he thinks of himself as a writer. He knows he's great. He just under, you know, he knows mm-hmm. that this is this show. He's got a really just an amazing, uh, I feel like can-do spirit um, in terms of. Uh, like he wants to do well. He's he's that you know. He wants to do well on on the staff and the material, and he wants to learn it. And he wants to. He's just easy uh, in terms of like easy to work with. Um, and t- he's so talented. That's why I originally was sure. like, I, I want to learn from this guy. <laughs> um, but he has a very laid back uh, relation to his talent, which is you know sure. what I mean. It's not in your face. It doesn't come off as ego. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh my God. He's just. There's no ego. That's it's right. just like team he really loves being in the room he loves he's just a nice guy I mean you know now we're my you know we're in his wedding so my husband is um so that uh uh but I don't know he was just an easy easy person to uh learn from Mm -hmm. um and I think you know our our sensibilities linked up in Mm -hmm. that way and then also um you know it's not everyone that you can both work for work with and Work under right, yeah. or, and have work for you, that, and we can somehow we can do those. That's all well, clearly you must be giving him the same thing that he needs. I hope so. I hope so. I mean, it, it's just yeah, we just enjoyed. I think we just that's great. Yeah, it's uh, um, and it, you know it's so nice to have someone also at this point that you also know cares about you as a person. So it's right. also like you know <laughs> they're rooting for you too, and they you know yeah. he because I had him this year and he. Uh, they wanted him back at the middle because um, he's 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 just so talented and um, you know he was like I love Jane I want to be here and you're my friend and I want to support you and well, that's what more could you want? Exactly. That's, that's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. you don't get that. No, no, that, and, that, and that he like just I I feel like we genuinely root for each other, yeah. which is that's nice. Great. Yeah. Well, look. As far as the show, it's a hard show to not love. Oh, thank you. Uh, it, it really is terrific. Congratulations. Thank you so it. much. Uh, we look forward to the finale and mm-hmm. season two. It's so exciting. Thank you. Enjoy your time off. Thank you. Oh, my God. I can't even imagine what it's going to be like. <laughs> I feel like you're just going to crash. It's just going to be sleeping the whole totally. time. Totally. I was like to my husband, I was like, Do we, should we just book the hospital room when we run out? Oh. <laughs> but, yeah, so far, so. Thank you, Denny. Thank you. Now leaving Nerdist.com.